listen, dude, my other choices for suit were track or birthday, so yeah, I'm coloring in my butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Culture, Conflict, and Cocktails, where I slowly get more intoxicated and explain popular TV shows from the early 2000s. Welcome back, bros and broads. We're in season one of How I Met Your Mother, episode 16, the the honeymoon phase. The things are narrator Ted. The best kind of relationships are the ones that happen naturally. Duh. I mean, I, all right. So if I already sit here and consider it for a second, the types of relationships that you have to work for versus the kind that you don't really think about, like what is naturally mean? Ted and Victoria are in they're in it there we've got a cute montage of them doing various mundane things and laughing about it because they enjoy each other's chemistry where when you find somebody who accepts you for your stupidness because we're all stupid right raptor that's my boy we're all stupid but when you find somebody who wants you're stupid that it feels like a hug from the inside so ted and victoria are doing great which means we have to implement some sort of universe into the... Nobody can have a good week. There, there has to be some low moments. There has to flat tire or cold coffee or something. Cold coffee's delicious, you idiot. Lukewarm? I don't know. Room temp? Old coffee. Whatever. Screw it. Things are going too well for Ted and Victoria until we get to our plot device a few minutes into the episode. The other storyline is Marshall needs a job, an internship. To, on his way to becoming a lawyer he's in law school but he's already i so this I, i've never not worked i've i've been working yeah what Ugh. summer's off <sighs> i've been working since i've been working every week since i was seven years old how even in college and through holy crap that sucks what is my personality like without a job without like here's what i do during the week weird i should i should try unemployment okay we're going off topic marshall needs a job so what gets my brain ruffled is the idea that he is investing in his future he makes no money how is he paying for rent and food and that you know if he doesn't have a job he's in law school you take out loans so those loans is that just the tuition or does that include your living expenses are you expected to work while being a student that's never made sense to me are they living off of lily's salary like if he didn't have her as a girlfriend where how, how would he survive are his parents helping finance so that never made sense never made sense to me we open up to marshall coloring in his butt with a sharpie because his suit pants have holes in them and barney walks in and goes what you doing marshall says i don't own navy boxers which is kind of comical and before barney invites marshall to an interview at his corporate something we we don't know what barney does we will never know what barney does but we do know that he gets paid a lot so barney can help marshall out with this financial fiasco marshall can't even afford new pants Marshall declines the offer, so Barney comes around the couch and tugs on Marshall's whole pants, and they ascend, They just disintegrate. There's a huge rip down the middle. 
So Marshall agrees to the interview. Lily and Robin are shopping for wedding dresses. They're planning to shop for wedding dresses on a budget, be responsible. Victoria walks in and she says, oh, hey, I expected to see Ted here. This is now my bar. I, what is Victoria doing there? That's, eh, okay, mini plot hole. Oh my gosh, wedding dresser. I'm a wedding cake designer. So therefore, I know a number of, de- like I can get you in, which it lines up, that's fine. So the girls are going dress shopping and the guys are, because Marshall's pants are now ruined, they're going to go to Barney's tailor in preparation for the interview that will actually pay Marshall to get a job with the thing. So uh, everybody's uh, shopping. So we've got the parallel, parallel stuff going on. Drink break. Before the ladies leave for the bridal shop, Victoria gets a call. She has won a scholarship, fellowship, something at a culinary institute in Germany to study various desserts, which apparently, like, whichever category you're in, like the different award ceremony, like I've never heard of this, I've never heard of that. So this is feasible, but uh, grumpy. It apparently, so the... It was a long shot for her to enter, but she got it. And I do know somebody who has gotten that. I don't remember which friend that is, but somebody has qualified for some long shoddy big job position and they, they ended up getting it and that's why they now live on the East Coast. So that happens. I'm I'm not going to fault that too much. She immediately tells Ted that she has to she has to take it. She's going to take it. She, it's a big opportunity. It's a it's a life changing. Like you wouldn't not want this opportunity at any point in your life. This is awesome. Ted, what does that mean for us? Oh, I guess we have to break up. Oh, do we? Uh, all right. Well, let's see how the rest of the month goes. Victoria says I leave on Monday. I don't care what day. Like unless it well, it can't be it can't be Monday. It can't be Monday because nobody has a job. Nobody's at work. Wasn't Ted an architect? Okay. Well, wait. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So this is starting to make more sense. It's Saturday. Let's just assume it's always Saturday. And they, like, everybody just doesn't have hard work weeks. And so when they get to Friday, Saturday, they are just chipper as can be. It's still winter, so I'm getting worn down. I, I'm, not, I'm not in my happy phase. I'm in my drinking phase. It's Saturday. Lily and Robin are shopping for dresses. Marshall is preparing for the interview, which will be on Monday. So it's Saturday. Victoria says, I have to leave on Monday. What? You wouldn't... When does the fellowship start? From the time that she wins to the time that it begins to how, like, you expect a person to move and then they, like, own stuff. She has to get her affairs in order. She has to sell her place in America and then, like, drop off all of her crap. She's got a... So huge pothole. She has at least a week. Who would be that rude that, oh, hey, you won this award that you essentially can't say no to. You have to pack up your life and move everything. You got to drop everything and cross a continent, across an ocean. Good job, brain. And we're giving you a day and a half notice. She, didn't we, I got, I got mad about the fact that she owns a bakery or runs a bakery or does she sell that? Does she give it up? The ramification? Does she own a car? I mean, it's New York. No. Uh, she has insurance. She's got a cancer, new dentist. That's wh- horseshit. That's awful. This is what I take issue with. Irreal, real life doesn't look like this. She's just having fun with Ted and montages and kitchens and making out on couches and shit. And there is no consideration to what pays the bills or how or any of that. It's crap. It's totally crap. 
Ugh. All right, so I'm gonna take a second to get over that. Here we go. I leave on Monday, yeah. Ted says, Ted, oh, geez. <sighs> Been this guy. I have to make a big important life decision. I have a day and a half to make it. Okay, do you, I know you have to get your affairs in order and move a lot of stuff around. Would you like to spend the whole weekend with me? Cause I'm some guy you've been dating. So Ted does exactly that. And she's like, no, I'm gonna go wedding dress shop with the, just in limbo. Victoria has to be just dumb busy for the foreseeable future. That's why I doubt that it's Saturday. All right, all right, we're getting hung up. Victoria tells Ted, Ted says, hey, sit on it. Wait, we'll talk tomorrow. And then everybody goes to the various suit shops. Ted talks about how sad it's going to be to lose Victoria. And like, I can't ask her to stay. Lily and Robin, who still likes Ted, are talking about, so uh, what decision are you going to make? Are you going to take the thing? Oh, I'd love to. But Ted's a great guy. Ted might be the one. How can you know that somebody's the one after two months? And I, I have a number of married people in my life who are within five years of me. And I don't like most of their marriages. Most of them. I Almost all of them. It, clo- close friends? Family member? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This could, this could get me into some real shit. Would anybody step up and say, hey, don't dump on me? Because I love the concept. Of, I've, I, I cry at like 80% of the weddings that I go to. Because I believe in the idea of love. Like the fact that two people make a commitment to each other. So no, like... Before you get to the wedding day, the marriage and the certificates and the rings and the like taxes, you in your head decide that this person is your one. It is like it's what we're all looking for, career goals. Or it it is it it makes the it makes the maze worth it. The cheese at the end. Are those the only goals of people? Oh, I need to prioritize my goals differently. Okay. For the people that my people, because so I have friend A who married person B. I knew friend A for a lot longer. And then at some point I met person B. I and I of the people B who are married to the person's A in my life. I hopefully you're following along. I, I like almost every single person B They're Yeah, I like almost every single one. But I don't like there and there's like a cousin or two that I have in mind which is gorgeous marriage uh on the same page meant for each other love like that that's the love that we all want to believe that love can be that psh, nailed it I'm not going to call anybody out but if it's you and you know it and you if the hypothetical family members who might listen to this down the road if you think it's you good go L- love who you love the person that you're I don't like them for each other. We have good person A, who I have to love because they're my family. Or friend, or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've known them for almost two decades. And then good person B, who's been in the picture for a handful of years. There are very few relationships that I can get behind. Just on a, like a black and white low compatibility, you really can't help who you love. So when, when you know, you know, because I've been in love before. And I, I thought down the road, like, is this somebody that I would be compatible with long-term sort of thing? Interesting. Aha, aha. All right, so this is the, okay. So this is the crux of the episode that I wanted to wait until I got through the whole plot of the 
episode show in order to uh, arrive at the, like, let's start talking about this now that we're done with the characters. In the beginning, narrator Ted sets up the idea that aren't natural relationships the best kind of relationships? And like, how easy is it to just fall in love once you're in love? Or the, the process of falling in love. That's it's a very simplistic idea. You just enjoy spending your time with that person. And the, like, the more you find out about the person, the more you want to find out about that person. Oh my gosh, you love using chopsticks and you know a little bit of Spanish and you played flute 10 years ago. That's so crazy. That's great. That, oh, that makes me smile so much. And the, and the sex all day. All of that describes the honeymoon phase. The honeymoon phase is a psychological concept where I forget which part of your brain determines that this person and their nervous system being around you gives you so much serotonin, like they are good for your health. So your brain shuts off other things that would decide that they are not good for you. So like, oh my gosh, that thing that you're doing, that's not only keeping you alive, it's making you better. This is your service animal. Go do that thing much more. That this, this is what all of us want. This is what your heart wants and your kidneys and your, your brain capacity. Keep doing that person. So it will shut off certain centers of your brain. The biggest way, so whatever part of your brain it is, it's right next to your old, whatever controls your olfactory senses, up to in the honeymoon phase, and this is scientific, you cannot smell your significant other's farts. That was the one of the big conclusions whenever I read this study. That's what stuck with me forever. That's nuts to me. The, like, you know, you think your shit doesn't sit... Your brain, because you don't want to see that person in a negative way, your brain will shut off that portion so that if your new love does something that you don't like, your brain will dampen how much you don't like it to the point where you can ignore just certain obvious things. The way they crack their knuckles or the way they snore, the rollover, or they never pick up their socks or shout out to all of my siblings... The honeymoon phase. And in so, so the like study, the part that I wanted to get to, in some cases, the honeymoon phase can last up to five months before your brain starts to re-register what reality is and settle into a sense of, oh, this person's going to be around me every day. This is time to default, time to... so. In the beginning of a relationship, everything's new and fun and fantastic, and you wear your best clothes, and then the more you get to know somebody, they see you on weekends, they see you hungover, they see you snore, the, and so you like slowly get used to the idea of getting used to them, and your brain catches up to that point, and you're like, all right, there, we can be comfortable now, you can go back to your regular settings, so you can, you can, smell, you can smell bad smells again. Ted and Victoria are firmly in the honeymoon phase, period. So they don't know what they don't like about each other. They can't. If one of them were to say something offensive or have an idea, a hot take, the other one wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to pick up on it because their brains are not allowing them to. So... Victoria thinking thinking that Ted is the one and knowing that Ted is the one. So they've been dating for two months or so. And the first month was, was all conversation, no sex. They're still in this can-do-no-wrong phase. 
And Victoria has to, do I stay for this guy who I have known for 60 days? So she's fighting that impulse to honeymoon effect. It would be so easy to just jump back into bed with this guy. And then three months later, oh crap, they're not that they're not who I thought that they were, but they're the them that my brain didn't allow me to realize. And that person is not who I see myself marrying. Victoria is approaching it incredibly logically. She that impulse to take the easy route. So I've wanted this baking thing. Like I've wanted my career for so many years and I've also wanted a guy hypothetically. But now I've got this guy. I don't know if he's the guy or if he is just currently this guy that my brain wants. Ted is the always the opposite side of the coin. Victoria is, no, please don't leave me. So Ted is all id, all dopamine, all, all psychology. But one of the things that he respects about Victoria is that she's her own person with her own career. She's the, she is not a part of Ted's plan. She does her own thing and then includes Ted as a part of that. Something a little flat about Victoria is that almost all of their dates have some form of dessert happening with just when it comes to Victoria, cupcakes are involved, which who whose brain is not going to like that? The fact that season one Ted hasn't just like got on relationship gut immediately. They are just desserts every date. She's like bringing him to she's bringing him different cookies and desserts and like, oh my gosh, I made one at Baker's Dozen. Here, have one of these. So that would have been comical to see, but show writing-wise, show less desserts if you don't want to show Fat Ted. All right. So now we're now we're transitioned. Now we're back to the part of the show where I can revise and make myself sound normal. So at the various clothing shops, Ted is lamenting and Victoria is lamenting and Robin is trying to... Con- so one than the other. Robin is trying to convince Victoria that she should definitely go to Germany so that Ted can be single for her. So Robin is being jerk Ted. And Ted is being sad about the idea, well, I, I, I can't ask her to stay. That would be way too selfish, even though we're in the honeymoon phase. So Ted would be asking her for selfish reasons, stay for me, not for us, which is honorable. Good Ted. We, we like this Ted. So the guys are shooting the breeze and Barney says, well, how about long distance relationship? I've got four. And he lists a bunch of girls in different cities that like when he's in town, he goes to bang them. It's a whole thing. And then there's one girl who lives down the road who thinks Barney is Irish, Kilharney. I, I don't I don't know any of the towns in Scotland. To the to the plot of the other characters, Marshall is just ecstatic that he's getting an expensive suit and looking nice. And Lily is getting increasingly uglier looking wedding dresses because that fits her price range. And Victoria says, Oh, these ladies know your net income by your underwear. Which is a like a pretty woman scenario. That's an interesting consideration that I, I do and don't have time for. Your financial expectations and what you can assume for yourself on a budget. So it's something that I'm I'm just going to get it out of the way now. Both Marshall's suit and Lily's wedding dress are dumb expensive, in in the thousands. And not and a wedding dress costs thousands of dollars. How many thousands? Here's a I've seen say yes to the dress once or twice. So those are like the the nice downtown city high end designer brand name shit not that you're gonna you're gonna get a non-brand name wedding are there non-brand name wedding dresses are they custom made can't everyone just borrow their grandmother ha 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 
Marshall buys a $12,000 suit, which comes into the plot of the, the end of the episode and then future next couple of episodes, the whole thing. $12,000, which huge discount now becomes still thousands of dollars. Thousands of, I've, I have spent $1,000 on my teeth, a car, a house, a bed, and that's, that's it. That's where, who, who is just getting thousands that they can, one day I hope to own a $1,000 suit, but I hope it's after I've worked out for my role in a movie and I'm jacked and I'm not going to need to get it resized every couple of months, sort of, that's, that's crazy to me. That's wild. That's, that will never sit well with me. I, I will never live in New York. What are you going to do? Despite buying a very expensive suit, Marshall does not want Barney's corporate position. He wants to work for an environmental firm so that he can do good in the universe. He can save the planet and the environment. So Barney is setting Marshall up to fail by the suit being so expensive that Marshall has to take the corporate job just to pay it off in order to do A, B, and C. So that's where we get that plot line happening. Victoria grabs one of the nicer wedding dresses for Lily that's way out of her price range, but is nicer, just to just to try it on, just to feel like a bride at a bridal shop. You know, everybody deserves that. Lily puts it on, loves it, and then goes. She's she swoons. She takes a step back and sits in the free cake. Do, is that a thing? Is that they give free cake and champagne at bridal shops? Are they kind of like a bad coffee at a car dealership kind of thing so lily sits in the cake and then rips the under the body i don't know dress parts rips part of the dress and needs to buy it immediately unbeknownst to marshall so the that dictates marshall's decision to take the corporate job he can't not now because they they went from broke to double broke the part that i love about this episode the most is the the guys and the girls are talking about the nature of long distance relationships apparently Lily did a semester over in France and the way Marshall tells it is that it almost broke them up the never they literally never saw each other the time difference was crap as confident as Marshall is he didn't like the fact that Lily was so far away talking to whomever when he went and visited there was this guy Gabriel that was getting a little too close to Lily so the one time that Marshall went to visit her for the semester he intimidated Gabriel into backing off Lily so that so that he didn't steal Lily away from Marshall. He had this like creepy thin mustache. The way Lily tells it is that she was equally lonely and uh, Miss Marshall. So both of them say, oh my gosh, all talking, no sex, kill me. Which I, I enjoy the different gender expectations for a relationship. The reason why you would be in a relationship are for these things. So the fact that they're giving equality to the women because they want it just as much as men do as i get older that's becoming more true but that's a that's a that's a podcast of a different color lily says that it was really lonely in all senses of the word in france and she had one friend gabrielle who was a girl was a was an ugly girl with short hair who grew a mustache which is who marshall freaked out when he visited and so the Gabrielle, the girl, like ran away and didn't talk to Lily anymore. It's really funny, the misunderstanding of Marshall. Well, I got to be a guy in this situation. I got to step in and like throw my weight around and stuff. <laughs> Everybody gets out of the clothes shops. Ted meets Victoria. Victoria gives him a 
particularly ugly looking cupcake, but it, the frosting seems nice. And it's in the shops, Victoria makes a decision that she's going to stay because she so far has always picked her career over her relationships. And Ted is going to ask her to go because he wouldn't want her to make that sacrifice because in case their relationship doesn't work out, he will be the bad guy for telling her, no, you can't go do that thing for your career. When Victoria hands Ted the cupcake, he immediately says, I want you to stay. And Victoria says, no, I need to go. So they both flip-flop, which I enjoy. That's, that's a, they, they were going to make the other decision for each other, but when their honeymoon brains jumped in, they saw the logic, like Ted logically is lovesick. Victoria logically values her career. So let's wake up from this dream that we've been pretending will just be okay. So Ted has to be okay with Victoria's decision. Of course he has to be okay with Victoria's Well, crap, I guess that ruins Sunday's plans. Uh, and we are breaking up. Good luck in Germany. When Ted lets Marshall know Victoria's final decision, he says, Ted, if you knew you were going to lose your leg tomorrow, if it had to be cut off, would you sit around staring at it and moan like, you know, just lamenting the fact that you're losing your leg for a day? Or would you physically go outside and run and jump and kick stuff? And is it, isn't it it better to have loved and lost? So Ted says this to Victoria, and Victoria's like, I don't know, what's one day going to change? This, you know, we, we'd already broken up, and we're not going to do it again. It's the whole thing. And then, I have made that exact speech to a girl before, uh, before going off to our separate colleges, and just honeymoon phase one, it, terrible idea, terrible idea. It, it is better to have loved and lost, but the like one more day thing, the sooner you can make that clean break, the better. It, it does your brain no favors to get that much closer to the thing that you want and then pull it away. So I respect the woman who politely declined my offer to do that and we watch the aftermath of Ted and Victoria, they say, oh, we should go to the museum and go to that bridge that everybody takes pictures at, and there's this fancy restaurant that we've been talking about for a month, and then they start to look at it like, oh, yeah, uh, we better get started. You know, it's going to be a busy day. They're looking at each other and looking at each other, and then we get a montage of them in bed for the next eight hours, which I've, uh, on par, logistical, uh, that is a that's that's how the human brain responds to things. It's funny. Narrator Ted says, "Oh yeah, kids, we did all of those PG things and not just w- went bang crazy." So we're back at the bar. Barney tells Marshall about the cost of the suit. Lily tells Marshall about the cost of the dress, and Marshall says, "All right, oh shit, I guess I'm taking the interview at the big bad corporation." That narrator Ted takes a second to, like, Barney, who Barney works for, is evil. They make rockets and oil rigs and, the like, actively killing the environment. And Ted lets everybody know that he's dropping Victoria off at the airport tomorrow, which is a whole thing that you, you can't do. It, TV is illogical to the fact that, like, this is how airports are different now because American security is horseshit. In the airport, Ted says, hey, do you want to try long distance? Victoria says, yes, they kiss. It's very romantic, very 1990s movie-esque. And then narrator Ted jumps in and says, long distance is and was a bad idea. It, it terrible idea. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it doesn't work. I, it, 
cousins I'm going to have to slap or my future offspring that I'm going to have to like take away their cell service to I was in a long distance relationship once for over a year and the like what I didn't do on my own so you long distance you spend the entire time wishing you could be with the other person and imagining what their life is like and you were kind of on hold you're in this weird self-imposed purgatory where like all things I could go out and do a b c and d but it would be so much better with that other person here. So why don't I just save those experiences? So why don't I just do nothing? Why don't I just sit here and miss them instead of moving on, not moving on with your life, but moving in life? And I 100%, like, I, I fell victim to that. It Instead of having fun or learning new things or meeting new people, you're constantly wondering what the other person is up to and you're trying to get in touch with them and you're trying to... It, that, it ruins people. Long distance is awful so that's my final say about that so parts two three and four i already addressed the great writing of the guys shopping versus girl shopping and their relationship expectations and stuff actor choices to see jason siegel in a suit he he overplays it in the best possible way because he then he he essentially doesn't take the suit off for the rest of the episode he is just in casual situations with the suit on and like over wearing it or like putting his body forward to like hey do you want like hey more people should be talking about this suit and then in terms of aging there's some i i like the undercurrent of what's going on with marshall because he in multiple scenarios is against the idea of here's the like here's why i'm going to law school here's the plan that i set for myself here i want to help the environment i want to do this and this and being told that he can't, he's already fighting against it. The The idea of selling out for money as opposed to what you in your soul would enjoy doing. Some people enjoy making a lot of money. I think that that takes more center stage than the, hey, we have to break up because of this life event. I actually talked to somebody who had a big good relationship and then broke up because she just wanted to move to another city and he didn't want to come with her and I wanted to go full psychologist and like why did you want to move to a new city if you're happy with the person that you're happy with it's not the the city it's the situation so that will that'll always be timeless but life events do get in the way of relationship happiness and how you respond to that is indicative of what you want out of your life and your relationship in two different... So the fact that Ted and Victoria agreed to the long-distance relationship, it means that she's leaving and he's letting her go for the wrong reasons. So this is definitely doomed to fail. And some of the next episode, train wreck, train wreck, train wreck. I feel, I feel good about this recording. And when I feel bad, I have a cool outro. I might stick with... We made it through another afternoon, but that sounds a little pessimistic. It was a pleasure to see you this afternoon. Until the next one. That's what we're going with. Bye, everybody.